What is the answer to 99 out of 100 questions? Money. Look, Mental, these jokers have got a lot of money and it belongs to me. I want to know who they are and what they're doing with it. I'm sorry about that, man. I really am. Money does bad things to people. There ain't no excuse for it. Money. 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 I'm going to say money. Welcome to the We Are Money podcast. Uh, my name is Brad Beasley, along with my co-hosts, David Beasley. Hello. And Rebecca Deeser. Hello. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Brad and David. Do you, you guys have a good New Year's Eve, New Year's Day that we could probably talk about on radio? Yes. I actually studied for FAR, so working towards that New Year's resolution. Okay. FAR would be one of the parts of the CPA exam? That's correct. Well, that's fantastic. Have you uh, kept up with your New Year's resolution? Yes, I have. Oh, Unfortunately, fantastic. for <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. for my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I know that that's uh, part of the CPA exam. Now, there's four parts to that one. You got FAR, you got audit, you got BEC, and you got reg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, so that's right. Start cranking through those, and that's all the requirements to be a fun CPA. So Hooray! Dave, yay! <laughs> David, what about your New Year's? My New Year's involved going to bed about nine o'clock. Yeah, I usually well celebrate. Done. I usually celebrate on Icelandic yeah. time. Icelandic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so and that was about as interesting as it got in my house. <laughs> Actually, I celebrated in Icelandic time, and uh, then I decided to play uh, NCAA football on PlayStation Four for a couple hours. So I had a pretty good New well Year's. Done. Yeah, good time. It did very well. Good job, everyone. Well, so once again, everybody, welcome to the We Are Money podcast. And uh, you know, this episode we decided to call this one is this is episode six, the Code Awakens. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, we're all huge, huge Star Wars fans. And actually here at the firm that we all work at, we actually rented out an entire movie theater so that we could all watch it and not have to deal with lines and, and all that. So, you know, super nerds. That was awesome, by the way. Super nerds. <laughs> so there may be spoilers Imagine, in this. Yeah. Caution, uh, listeners, there definitely are spoilers. But not to be mean. I mean, the movie's been out for what? You should have seen it weeks? already. If, <laughs> yeah. if spoilers are a concern, you should have seen the movie already. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you did this to yourself. <laughs> You know, uh, and basically, (laughs) newsflash, it's just like episode four. Only better. Only awesomer (laughs) and exactly the same. So, you know, what we have this week is we don't have a guest with us this time. So what we thought about is is that right at the end of the year, guys, you know, there were these uh, tax extenders that Congress passed. And that was kind of Mm -hmm. like a little Christmas present to all the little accountants all around the world that we received right at the end of the year, wasn't it? It was great in that we had to wait a little bit too long. They never announce it until the year has passed. It's really hard to do any kind of planning. I mean, a lot of these, you know that they're most likely going to get extended. It's just waiting for that confirmation. Absolutely. And that's what's what's interesting about it is that what's nice this year is that they actually have it to where most of these are extenders through 15 and 16. So we actually have, oh my gosh, maybe a whole year of actually being able to plan around yeah, depreciation. Exactly. Yay. <laughs> All plans are firm until changed. Exactly. Yes. It's permanent <laughs> until it's not. Until it's not. Great. Thanks, uh, thanks, Congress. That's that's always appreciative. Yeah. So we're going to run through a couple of the extenders here, just so that we can, you know, kind of provide everybody with some feedback as to uh, as to some of these things. The big one, Rebecca, was that Section One Seventy Nine deduction that was made permanent 
and it moved from uh, you know the the old 179 deduction to this new one. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, and thank goodness. Okay, so the 179 deduction that allows taxpayers um, to accelerate their depreciation, so you can take uh, $500,000 just write everything off in the year of purchase, up to $2 million um, of machinery, machinery and equipment. This is really great, um, it, especially because they extended it for so long. Usually every year we're waiting, you know, try to have, kind of have to try to guess. And I think a lot of times we know that it's going to happen. It's just nice to know that ahead of time so we can tell people, you know, yes, that machinery and equipment that you're thinking of buying, you know, go ahead and get it because we've, we've still got this this year. And the interesting one is the interplay with that with bonus depreciation mm -hmm. because with the 179 it can be any type of new any type of equipment that you've placed in the service used or new you can just go ahead right. and take it on 179. Right. Now they also made permanent uh, through 2020 the concept of bonus depreciation. Can you kind of speak a little bit about bonus depreciation the concept <coughs> itself? Excuse me. Yeah, so um, in the year of purchase you can you can get this bonus depreciation. So we can do I believe it's 50% uh, of the the cost um, in, in the year that you place it in service. And one thing that they were talking about this year, again, is to uh, be careful of the date that you use on your fixed asset schedule because it really truly should be placed in service and not necessarily the invoice date, and that's something that they may be looking closer at. David, you wouldn't know anybody that would ever fudge the place in service date, would you? I may have to remain silent on that. That's right. You're an attorney, so you have attorney-client privilege on a lot of those kind of things. Yes. <laughs> yep. So that's just the thing of it. And it's not so much when it's placed in service, but when is it available to be placed in service? Right. Mm -hmm. And that, so the example that um, we're usually given is in the Midwest, if someone's buying farm equipment and it's the middle of December, you buy a $400,000 combine and there's three feet of snow, can't really go do anything with it. But if the keys are there, you yeah. can, you can, you can put turn in, the key, turn it on. Turn it it's on. technically it's in service. available it's, for service, which is huge snowblower. Seems contrary to really expensive snowblower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's what's middle you know, of July. <laughs> yes, what what we see a lot is that is the fact that bonus is really nice, obviously on new stuff, and then we typically for a lot of our clients we tend to see them take one seventy nine on 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 used uh, equipment, mm -hmm. and so we get some nice benefits there. Yeah, and on the bonus, they they've figured it out through twenty twenty. Um, basically, you get fifty percent right now for two thousand fifteen through two thousand seventeen. Then it drops down to 40% for 2018 that you can take, and then 30% in 2019. And then it's right now it's slated to be gone in 2020. So that's something to keep in keep in mind if you have something that could be better off used now. You you know that 2019 is going to be a big year, I think, right now to mm -hmm. make that determination. Well, and I think that what happens is that at least this allows us to plan a little bit because the concern was is that bonus depreciation really is a house of cards. It's I am. I'm typically I'm going to finance this thing and I'm going to get the deduction today mm -hmm. and then I'm going to use cash later to pay it back. And boy, I hope that I can do it again down the road. Yeah, so who can I say? this depreciation going on. And so what happens is that in a situation where if we pulled the Band-Aid off and didn't have this bonus depreciation, yeah. you're going to see this huge influx of tax income for people that may not have the ability to to uh, to pay for it. And so it's 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 always... It's always interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad the way they did it. Uh, is it perfect? No, absolutely not. It's not. At least we can plan out more than a year. I mean, what we were doing was just kind of like, I feel like maybe winging it towards the end of the year. But now, yeah. since it's it's laid out for so long, we can kind of look at multiple years and and give our clients some better information now that we know that those are in place. And David, I know that they talked about the R and D credit becoming permanent. Yes, with the R and D credit. 
I got to look at this. I got to do a little, do a little research of my uh, own. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Keep track of your time, then we can deduct it as a research and development credit. Yes. So right now, um, that the the research credit, um, you can now help me out here, Brad. Oh, I can help you. So basically, what happens is though it makes their R and D credit permanent, and so. Uh, before it was always unclear as to what it was, what 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 the R and D credits were going to be there, and so there's a lot of time and effort that goes into tracking and 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 categorizing all these costs related to research and development. And a lot of listeners will say, "Well, research and development, why do I care? I'm not like a guy in a white lab coat, you know, you know, doing all this work." It could be if you're developing a different process. Sometimes uh, people, if they're doing uh, energy efficient. Uh, things for you know, home construction or something mm-hmm. like that. If you're a, a contractor, you could potentially get research and development credits if you're helping designer improve a different product. So mm-hmm. we have clients that that make a certain product, spending time fixing it and developing that product. That's Those are all credits. Yeah, so if you, if you do some of these things and you're not sure whether you qualify, call us. Absolutely. So we also have the fun one, which is the itemized sales tax that affects all of our fun clients down in Texas. Yes, and all the people that don't have to file a tax return. Absolutely. And so with this, the, the fact that you got sales tax, you had the choice of the greater of the, your state income tax deduction or sales tax. And so this got put in place in 2004. Does anybody know who the president was in 2004? Is that W? George W. And where was he? He was governor of some state, wasn't he? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was. It might have been Texas. May have been Texas. Anyway, okay. I'm Texas mm. doesn't have an income it. tax, right? Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we see how the interplay works. And his brother, his brother was the governor, too, of a state, too. I think it's not Cuba. Florida. Florida. <laughs> right. And Florida doesn't have an income tax either, right? So, you know, that's, that's hmm. just a way to help both of them. So hmm. that, that's one of my favorite deductions because it's completely self-serving to the, <laughs> how to, convenient. the two constituents. And it's always fun. But I will tell you that I have taken that in the past with large purchases and or different things. Uh, if you're know, uh, building a home or whatever it is, you might have enough sales tax to take that deduction. Oh, yeah. Kind of fun. Uh, you know, they well, one of the good things was is they suspended that 2.3% tax on medical devices. It's it's always interesting because they wanted to drive down the cost of medicine, but then they added a 2.3% tax on people who make things for medical companies. Right. Essentially so, increasing cost the cost of medicine. By 2.3%. <laughs> I don't, David... You're smarter than I am. There's clearly a trickle down here, but tell, tell me I've missed something. <laughs> I mean, because you carry the so, one. So you think that the people making this would actually then charge two point three percent more? I don't know. Less. They wouldn't dare do this, right? No. It's medical, right? They're it's it's you know they they're it's always for the in, common good. Yes, the uh, hypoc- uh, hypocritical oath is the uh, is do no harm, right? That was like the hippo. The, hippo- oath. the Hippocratic oath. Hippocratic oath. Yes, okay, I assume doctor-patient okay. confidentiality goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, one of the ones that we see is very it goes very unused. David sometimes is this IRA to charity for up to a hundred thousand dollars. That's an interesting one for some of our older clients that don't itemize. Yeah, that's a, a neat one, especially if you are having to required to take required minimum distributions but you don't necessarily need them and you already have some philanthropic or charitable giving in your, um, in, in what you normally do every year. I mean, if basically you have to have it paid f- directly from the IRA to the charity, you can't take it, but, um, directly, but you have to go straight from there. Um, you don't get the deduction for the charitable deduction, but you actually get to, um, exclude a hundred up to a hundred thousand dollars worth of income, um, 
on there. So right. basically, it's, it's actually better than taking the charitable deduction. You meet your requirement for the required minimum distribution, but you don't have to pick it up in income. And exactly. So what's interesting with a lot of our clients where they say, well, I don't like to make big charitable gifts. Well, right. you go to church. Yes, I give $100 every week to church. Okay, well, that's $5,200. Let's take $5,200 of your RMD and send it to the church on January 1st. Mm -hmm. And that takes care of your tithing for the whole, the whole year. Easy peasy. Get Thank your you. letters, get Easy. your letters <laughs> from the charities. <laughs> yes, please. That makes it a lot easier. Uh, teacher supplies is one of those kind of a give me, uh, you get a $250 adjustment. That's always. Uh, and this one is scheduled to, what is it? Uh, increase gradually. It's indexed. Oh, it's indexed. Okay. Mm -hmm. so that's yeah. good. So That's it's going to go up to, I don't know, 251, 251, 255 next year. I don't know. Stock market was down. It might go down. It might go down. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. Stock market is killer right now, man. I know. We need to call our advisor and tell him to fix that. Right. Right. <laughs> um, work opportunity tax credits and um, been extended for five years. Those are nice. Those are for people who are uh, uh, either have been incarcerated or high risk youth, mm -hmm. different people in, that, that you hire and you can get these credits for them. And uh, there's a lot of things. Nice little spreadsheets and checklists and stuff if you're hiring people in those classified classes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know now they make sure that you have to have uh, at least 27 consecutive weeks of unemployment for that. So if you're at 26, might as well take that extra might week off. Might as well off. take the extra week off and go do something fun. <laughs> uh, so here, David, one of the things that you had on here that I actually did not do any work on uh, and didn't know is the changes in reporting dates for 2017 filing season. Can you update us on that? Yeah, so this is kind of an interesting thing for um, all of us practitioners um, to try to now educate all of our clients. Everybody's used to the normal due dates and everything. Um, what what happened now is this filing season is completely the same as last filing season. Um, so don't worry about that. But going forward, what they seem to be doing is any of these pass-through entities, your your S-Corps, your partnerships, those, the due dates for those are, are going to be now lined up at March 15th. And your so-called end taxpayers, like your C corporations and individuals, mm -hmm. those due dates are going to be moved back or are going to be either moved or, or kept at April 15th. Um, and then various different um, extenders, for example, um, um, partnerships are still going to are now still going to be due once if they're extended on September 15th. Mm -hmm. um, estates and trust, I believe if you extend them, they're now going to be due September 30th. Um, and then um, personal returns are extended October 15th. So it's just kind of a new thing. It's going to be new training us and training training our clients to, you know, use it's, when does it do October 15th? Great, I'll get you the stuff October 14th. Right, yeah, exactly. it it's, it's, makes sense if you think about it. They're trying to get all the pass-throughs lined up so that you can get your K-1s in time to file your, your end taxpayer returns. But everybody's used to paying, of course, when they're used to paying or filing. So Right. Well, that's always interesting. And this one is not, that's not permanent. It's only, is that also through 2020? I can't remember on that Okay. One. That's going to be hard to change those dates back. I mean, that's one of those, yeah. those things. Uh, I've often felt that they should change the due dates on individual returns to based on your uh, your, your last name, you know, whatever your... Uh, <laughs> the, you know, like A and B, you're in January. Right. And so you have a rolling year based on that stuff. And so that you could, you know, if you got married, you could say, hey, you know, you want to upgrade um, and file later in the year? Right. You know, I mean, there could be some <laughs> marriage strategies there. You know, well, even then, I mean, you could just go get a court order and get your name changed. Absolutely. My name is ZZYZX. ZZYZX. My name is Zizix. Yes. My due date is all the time on December 31st. Exactly. Always, never, all the time. <laughs> always, never, all the time. <laughs> well, so those are the extenders. And like I said, so that's always, uh, it's always interesting. It's always fun to go back and look and see exactly what Congress is, is, is doing. And, and at least this time they did something that we all as tech, tax practitioners and, and taxpayers, you know, mostly benefited from from the extender. 
Mm-hmm. So moving on, we are the We Are Money podcast. Once again, this is episode six, The Code Awakens. And we're moving on to one of my favorite segments, which is if one I One of everyone's world. favorite it's segments. It's everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> Right, Brad. So please verify to me again that you have not seen these 10 questions. I don't even know what 10 questions you're talking about. <laughs> That's awesome. Again, it'd be really awkward if you did it because I just did these right before we came in. So <laughs> that would be kind of like if you used the force. Oh. Mm. Okay. So this may be if Brad ruled the world, it also might have something if he was in charge of the galactic world of Star Wars as well. So in charge of the galactic empire or the rebellion? Well, we'll see. So question number one, debt versus equity. If you were going to advise someone to start a business or start and grow a business yourself, where would you lean? Well, I think that uh, obviously equity is an important piece because you have to properly capitalize the company. And in order for you typically to get any debt, you have to have a little bit of equity. However, when I start taking a look at things, I tell people that if you are going to generate an internal rate of return on your product of greater than what the debt is, then you'd be silly to put extra money and go ahead and, and, and leverage it out and get the debt. And so I think there's there's a good uses of debt. And as long as you can calculate your internal rate of return, that you're making more than what it is. If you're going to make 20% on your internal rate of return, go borrow at six. Make that difference and let it with other people's money. Very good. Very good. Now, on a more serious note, what planet would you live on if you lived in the Star Wars universe? Well, Hoth is too cold, <laughs> so I wouldn't go there. Um Honestly, I'm a huge fan of Tatooine. I'm a huge fan of Tatooine. I think I would be a moisture farmer. Moisture farmer? Uh, out in Tatooine. Uh, hmm. I might run a bar. You know, I mean, uh, the bars in Tatooine, um, you know, it seems kind of fun. Take it out in Maz Eisley. On Maz Eisley, you know. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it'd be kind of a fun. A moisture farm. <laughs> That'd be a moisture farm. No, farmer. are they grow? Okay, they can't be growing moisture, but I guess they're using the moisture to grow whatever it is they grow. Okay, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually read about this. It's the same concept as what they're trying to do over in Dubai and in the Middle East, mm-hmm. okay, is that you have a lot of seawater that surrounds them, but not a lot of fresh water, okay? And what happens is the wind blows because it's, it's dusty, it's sandy, and they have wind. And so what happens is that the moisture blows out of the ocean and all this stuff. So they're actually looking at these big, huge, almost like fan-looking things that capture the moisture as it comes in. It creates fresh water oh. off of the sea. It filters it down through the moisture and it becomes regular regular drinkable water as opposed to seawater. So that's probably the same concept of a moisture farmer. Wow. Without the droids, unfortunately. <laughs> this one's got a bad motivator. <laughs> oh, right. And that it's a thinly veiled bar. <laughs> <laughs> so going to, going to uh, question number three. Um, what is your take on the natural born citizen clause as a requirement for president? I think that that thing is, is, is so interesting. I... I understand why we put that in there. I understand why they said that you have to be born in the United States because the risk of a very charismatic foreign person coming in and changing the, the landscape of America is not what, what people wanted. I think that it shouldn't it just be a like a checkbox when you're applying to run for president that says, are you born in the United States? Yes or no, please provide proof. And somebody can say, yes, he was a natural born citizen. And we move on. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's Ted Cruz in Canada and before, but nobody had a problem with John McCain, who was actually born in Panama. 
Mm-hmm. Right. This whole where he was so, born on a U.S. base or whatever. You know, so it so should just be decided. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, I I'm pretty much sure that I can look at my birth certificate and say, yeah, I was born in New Mexico. Pretty I mean, sure. I'm pretty sure that. I mean, that's most of the U.S. thinks that that's Mexico, but <laughs> it's, yeah, but nicer. <laughs> right. But fresher. <laughs> Isn't uh, Canada's current president? He's not. He was not born in Canada. Well, I think that Canadians can also have a British president oh, okay. too, right? Because of because of their relationship yeah, with the Queen. Because they never actually separated from. And they still technically roll up to the queen. Yeah, oh, yeah, because okay. it's still yeah. They're they didn't have to go through the whole revolutionary skirmish type thing. That they're like, hey, we're just gonna kind of you know, we're gonna do our own thing. Hey, you buddy. do your own thing. I'm good. You're <laughs> yeah. good. We're, we're not gonna good. divorce. We're just gonna kind of <laughs> separate a little bit. We're just gonna live in different places. Yeah. Awesome. So, question number four: Would a galactic or imperial taxation bureau under your leadership be under the the guidance of the dark or the light side of the force? I think taxes have to be part of the dark side. Because it's more powerful. Sometimes. Enough said. Drop the mic. Boom. <laughs> Number five. What is your position on registered tax preparers? That's an interesting one because the AICPA is currently in a lawsuit about that with the IRS and the requirements for a registered tax preparer. I believe that there should be some base level of competence that people should uh, possess to be a registered tax preparer and make money at being a registered tax preparer. Now, if people want to prepare it on their own, and use TurboTax, which is a fantastic system for you know, a lot of people. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But the other day I was driving by and there is a payday loan company that says, hey, we do taxes now. Uh, really? Like they can do that so that they can make you a loan on your refund? Like that seems completely self-serving to me. And so I think some type of regulation, even just a minimum standards test, it doesn't have to be something mm-hmm. super, super. Can crazy. you identify a 1040 three out of four times? Or actually one out of four times. Can you spell 1040? That's tough. So this is the, the IRS is trying to impose this? The IRS has, has always been trying to impose some sort of regulatory system. They first started with the PTINs, mm-hmm. um, but um, now they tried to make it so that you actually had to register and take courses and things like that if you weren't a CPA or an attorney um, or an enrolled agent. So uh, what, pray tell, level of competence do they require for their agents? It was really actually just a matter of educational classes. I don't think it was actually like, we're going to test you on this and... And do you know what box to check, what box to put this in? Um, so the standard is real low, but it just got it got fought pretty aggressively. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and remember, a lot of these places, like, for instance, on TurboTax, it comes out as self-prepared. And a lot of these times, yeah. the H&R Block, they even mark self-prepared so that they don't even get around the, the rules. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, question number six. What professional team would you move to another city and to where? Oh, that's a fantastic question in light of the Rams moving to to. We Los tried to Angeles. get them here in Las Cruces, but apparently we weren't on the list. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I think that the the Tampa Bay Devil Rays organization needs to be moved out of Tampa Bay. Uh, I saw that arena this weekend. It's a terrible arena. It needs to be moved somewhere else, but they have a very, very solid organization. I mean, I think that that'd be one that would be nice to move to like New Orleans or something like that. Baseball in New Orleans would be kind of fun. Baseball Belusi level? Yes, of course. It makes the ball fly further. <laughs> so is that is that how, it, like, because I know if you're above sea level, as farther you get, it flies further. So if, like, mm-hmm. if you're below sea level. It's like how about hol- some underwater baseball? Oh. Yeah, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Here's the floater pitch. The floater pitch. <laughs> We're still waiting. <laughs> Question number seven, Brad. Is the U.S. debt a real issue or just a political game? I believe the U.S. debt is a is a absolutely huge issue, especially the fact that we have fifty six trillion dollars of unfunded pension liability. 
due to Social Security and Medicare that we have not booked. So if you really look at the U.S. debt, it's somewhere around $70 trillion as opposed to the $16 trillion. And I think that the other side of that is obviously when you look at what we're spending and what we're going to have to spend, I think it's a real, real issue that we're going to have to tackle. Hmm. Now, more important than that, what would be your Sith Lord name? Ooh, my Sith Lord name. Okay, so we have Darth Maul, right, is one of them. And we have Darth, Darth Vader, Sidious. Darth Plagueis. And Darth Vader and Darth... He's The other guy's, what, Kylo something? Yeah, he, he's, he hasn't he taken one Darth. yet. I don't think he's gone full Sith yet. I don't know. I don't hmm. know. I think I'd have to go... Um, my, my Sith name. Do you have a recommendation? Um, I was thinking like Darth Bees. Darth Bees. Lisa, what do you think? I was going to go with Darth Brad. Darth Brad. <laughs> I like Darth Brad. We'll go with Darth Brad. Use your initials and do Darth BM. But that's, that's kind of, that makes sense. Because makes, it says dark side, but also open door policy. Open door policy. <laughs> <laughs> and question number nine, how would you reorganize the IRS given its recent budget reduction? I think I would really focus my efforts on being strategic about their uh, analysis. I think I would focus it all on a lot of it on technology so that you could do a lot of cross-referencing and a lot of analytical activities before you have to actually send people out to do it. I think an online system that makes it easier right now, they're so, they, they make it so restrictive for you to use the online system that it's almost like they don't want you to use it. Hmm. It'd be kind of nice. Like if you actually had, this is my IRS account and here's my notices, here's my things if you know if you got tagged for that kind of stuff well absolutely and then you could fix it and make it easier to see your transcripts right. and also so i think there's a lot of bureaucracy that if they could get it through and make it like what how you would run a business where you create a portal for for everybody and everybody could access their stuff right. it'd be a lot easier on a completely unrelated note but kind of related because i'm bringing <laughs> it up right now i kind of think that's the same way they should do voting for president because you see about the turnout that you have for like american idol and like the voice mm -hmm. why can't we get that kind of turnout for the voting for president I mean, you know, have Ryan Seacrest up there. Yeah. Hey, cast your vote here. You they know. can bring him a rose. You have yeah, been eliminated. We, we can even charge, you know, do, do the 1-900 numbers or 1-800 numbers like they have there and, you know, raise a little bit of money and apply it to that debt. Um, I think that's because the argument would be is that's a poll tax. Is that in order for you to have to vote, you have to have a cell phone. And so it's called a poll tax. Well, we have these free we Obama had phones. We have free Obama phones. That's true. That's true. You it's know free. what? Done. Drop the mic. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Done. Problem solved. And then our <laughs> final question. Would you use real people or clones as stormtroopers? Okay, see, I was very, very disturbed to learn that stormtroopers were real people in this latest Well, in, in, in the first order, we know they are. We're oh, yeah. still not really... The Empire started they out were, with as clones. Drones. See, I would, I would have been okay with the clones. Like, because I don't know if clones are real people or if they're the same person or whatever it is. I'm okay with that. That's but a whole when separate I learned issue. that these first order are real people, I really got sad when they were, when they died. Kind of makes it hurt a little more when they actually sort of get them, but they're still torn stormtroopers. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Brainwashed, but yeah. Brainwashed, but <clears throat> still there. But awesome. Well, very good job, Brad. And um, thank you guys very much. And now we move on once again to the We Are Money podcast, The Code Awakens. We're moving on to David's Legal Corner, The Dark Side. <laughs> The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. David's Legal Corner has not been evaluated by the FDA, the EPA, the CIA, the TSA, the ABA, the AICPA, the FFA, the MMA, the ADA, the NBA, or the NSA. Well, maybe it has. However, six out of five listeners of David's Legal Corner have reported better mathematical abilities. David's Legal Corner is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent, cause, fake, or discover any disease. It has no intent whatsoever.
Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> You're welcome. That's fantastic. Maybe the NSA has listened to us. Hmm. You never know. <laughs> uh, I've paid all my taxes. NSA. Just FYI. Uh, David, you know, we always get our questions from our uh, listeners. And, uh, and this time we actually have a, a question from a B Solo. Hmm. Hmm. Who could that be? B I, Solo. I can tell and it you. says, David, I have recently incurred a death in the family. My father, whose estate is somewhat unknown due to his dumping of cargo at the first sign of Imperial cruisers, passed away due to heartburn, literally, mm. and maybe foul play. <laughs> Do I have any issues in being a beneficiary of his, his estate? Well, Mr. Solo, or <laughs> Ren as you might be called, um, if you are who I think you are, you may want to be careful if foul play is suspected and who the beneficiaries are. Um, most states, and I was in looking at this, I was. It's interesting to find out that there actually is one state, New Hampshire, that doesn't have this on the books. Most states um. have, <laughs> have have what are called Slayer statutes, and it's not like Slayer that rock band, and it's not Slater like it's AC not the cool Slater, kind. not the cool kind. <laughs> okay, but basically, what these statutes are is it prevents anyone um, who basically murders somebody from benefiting from that person's death, and so usually, like in New Mexico. New Mexico makes it so that an individual who feloniously and intentionally kills the decedent forfeits all benefits from that decedent. So now a couple parts of that always get get um, get taken apart. One, it has to be feloniously, so you actually have to be convicted in criminal court. You can be judged against in civil court and mm -hmm. actually still be okay. Um, but um, but you so you have to have the felonious and intentionally before you can. Um, collect on there. So in that case, you're treated as if the person has been deceased. So then, Mr. Ben Solo, you would be treated as having deceased your father on, well, and, and can take from his estate. I'm glad you defined felonious because I thought that was some type of deli meat. <laughs> yes, I'll have three pounds of <laughs> felonious. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know why the why it's not like that in, in civil well, they don't have a, a, a standard because if you think about it, the standard that you have to prove in criminal court is usually beyond a reasonable doubt. Usually 99% mm. sure this person killed this person. Mm -hmm. In civil, it's just more, the, it's a more likely than more not. More likely than not. So okay. it's basically 51% if you're going to put a percentage on it. Okay. So you can actually be judged. For example, you mean like the O.J. Simpson right. case. He was, he, was, he was cleared criminally because he couldn't get that, but he was still judged against in civil court. Um, when the penalties, so they, there's a higher threshold that they need if they're going to take away your liberties as opposed to just taking away money. So that's what they're looking at here. So, I mean, you could still, they could still in inherit and then somebody sue them civilly, win, take that money and mm -hmm. get it a different way. But um, there's a couple times that I've actually had to, um, unfortunately had to deal with this in some estates where that, that happened and you had to treat that person as, as being deceased. Um, and so usually in the one I was involved in, the person was in jail and they got convicted very easily. They were actually at the crime scene and caught. Mm. Um, so Red-handed. <laughs> yes, their hands were red. And, oh, no. and, and oh so boy. It was, and it's horrible when that happens, but it is something that actually goes into it. And I know some states actually have to deal with it if you have um, assisted suicide and things like that. Um, you know, that. That brings up a whole other bag of worms there. So Except New Hampshire. Except New Hampshire, Except which, New Hampshire which they have it by like case law in New Hampshire, but there's no statute on the books for them to go. So they have to go argue it for the, oh, okay. for the case and everything. So it's okay. just, just a little different, but it's, huh. it's weird to know, to know that 
that wasn't part of it. <laughs> well, that's always interesting. I mean, I think it's, that's, I, I love how this law, those laws obviously came apart because somebody did kill somebody and inherited a bunch of money and they go, wait, wait, this is not right. Wait a second. I saw what you did there, <laughs> Rebecca. Um, you know, so it's always interesting. Well, thanks, David. I appreciate it. And uh, be solo. Um, I don't know where you're at now or what you're doing, but mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing you again. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So now moving on to our next segment. Once again, we're the We Are Money podcast, episode six. The, what are we? The Code Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now we're going to move to superhero tax questions. Okay, so I know we're Star Wars and everything, and that was the theme to Superman, but Superman was written by John Williams, who also wrote Star Wars, so I'm totally cool with it. And I hope you are too. Well, I mean, Disclaimer. <laughs> we, we don't know that Superman doesn't travel through the galaxy. Almost, right. You know. Yeah, where is Earth in the Star Wars universe? It's uh, is it in, a ga- I know it's in a the future. Far away? Uh, very far away. <laughs> okay. But I mean, with, these new one, with these new episodes, we got to be getting closer, right? I Maybe. mean, at least a little bit. Maybe they'll come to Earth and go, really? Really? <laughs> and then just leave. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so our, our question this week, Brad, is that, you know, st- taxes are inherent all over Star Wars. I mean, episode one started because of this, the Trade Federation was upset with taxation that the, uh, right. that the Empire or the Republic was trying to put on it there. Mm-hmm. And that's how that whole thing was sent. And you have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn that were sent to... Um, you know, basically mediate this dispute. I guess Jedi's are, you know, maybe we're like Jedi's, you know, because we have to like mediate and make these things work between parties. You definitely look like Yoda. Yes. <laughs> right, you are. Um, so what we're looking at here is in the this newest movie, The Force Awakens, there's with a big, big climax part of this, there's a huge new base. It's a new Death Star, but it's called Star Killer Base. And it's basically an, a a planet that they cored out to make it into a weapon. Mm-hmm. Right. And that they suck the star out of. Yeah, that they basically, the yeah, they suck the star, the fire out of the star, the sun next to it, and then use that to shoot off, to kill the other planets, planets and everything there. So the question is, if they were subject to U.S. taxation in that, would there be like green tax incentives and solar power credits that they could actually apply for? You know, what the first order could get. Right, because I mean, if it's if it's anywhere similar to uh, IRS, you know, the federal tax law, we've got a uh, we've got some. There were some trees on the planet. Obviously, they're using solar power. They're draining that star, um, and they're allowed. I mean, here in the U.S., we're allowed a ten or thirty percent tax credit, depending on what kind of alternative alternative energy property uh, you're generating for the taxpayers' use. Um, so we've got some solar property used, and that's going to be 10% after 2016. I believe right now it's a 30 cap. Yeah, so I mean, if, if you consider the entire Starkiller base one huge solar panel, I mean, basically, it's, that is geothermal heat, mm-hmm. right? And so you're right, going to get 30% geothermal. of the entire mm-hmm. cost of building the Starkiller heat. So basically, you allow the Galactic Federation to pay for, you know, 30% of your base. Yeah, I'm not sure if we would consider any of their thrusters to be similar to the wind turbines or because I mean, obviously they've got to move from star to star if they're, if they're draining their entire heat source. But I think they should actually get all of the solar credits like ever, because they're using all, all, of, all the, of the sun. All they should the just sun. take it all, whatever right. we thought we would allocate for that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that, 
That's a good one. And when that's you start, a very good point. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think that when you looked, it was also a very it had, it had a lot of trees in it and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have the conservation easement stuff, and there's a lot of uh, credits and and different things if you are uh, conserving and or improving your land uh, and, and making it to where there's not development because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on underneath. But the whole top was nice and green right. and stuff like that. So I'm, plenty of trees, nice scenery. Yeah. So they replanted it. Was beautiful. It. it was like mm-hmm. Colorado, you could but with get a, a timeshare over there. It was like Colorado or Telluride <laughs> with a huge death star killing laser thing on it. It would be interesting though. Who are they going to get to approve this tax credit since they used the power to blow up the new republic? I mean, ideally they would be the ones reviewing the credit, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's very powerful people in the U.S. that get credits approved all the time. Yeah, but I'm with you. You blew up your piggy bank. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Good luck getting that credit now. You just blew them up. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's also, you know, the, uh, the, you know, there's there's all these, you know, the advanced energy manufacturing credit. Dave, I know you looked at that a little bit too. Yep. So this was added to, um, to provide a, a new 30% credit for investments in qualified property used in qualified advancement energy manufacturing projects. If this is not an advanced energy manufacturing project, I don't know what is. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is crazy. And you know there's a lot of research and development that went on there, too. So, uh, I mean, they probably got this for... They have credits on credits on pennies credits. on the dollar. Yeah. Of course, yeah. now, their money they receive, how do they receive money, I guess? Right. Was it back to one of your original questions... Um, uh, cash or equity. Right. Yeah. So this one, I'm, they probably debt financed it, I would assume, somewhere. I would have debt financed it, and then uh, hopefully those people are the ones who blow up. And then blow up the up. bank. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Debt finance, blow up the bank. And then debt finance, and good luck collecting the collateral because it's scattered all yeah. over the galaxy. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a surprise. Yeah. Poor B, poor B Solo's got a, his credit score is probably in the toilet. It yeah. is not good. It is not It's kind of like anybody that had a timeshare in Alderaan. Yes. <laughs> Look at my value. My good luck qualifying it's for so that good. Prius. <laughs> Wait, it's dropping rapidly. It's dropping rapidly. Wait, why does it say zero? <laughs> that's very weird. Negative a thousand. <laughs> uh, so that's always interesting. When we start looking at that stuff. So why don't we move on to Rebecca Deeser's segment, Random Weather? Don't you listen to the weather? We got a major storm here. I'm next to weather. All oh, this moisture coming up out of the Gulf is going to push us to the east and then I'll do Okay. As usual, I'm going to describe some weather to you guys, and you are going to guess the location of this, this weather that I described to you. Are you ready? Sounds I good. am ready. Okay. Today, there is going to be a high of 74 and a low of 42. That is Fahrenheit. Uh, the wind is coming out of the west at three miles an hour. Humidity is at 76%. Visibility about 10 miles. It's very far, far away. That's very the only additional far, clue I can give you. Far away. Naboo. Oh, wow. You went, you went, I went Star there. Wars on <laughs> it. I went Star Wars on it. <clears throat> it, is the, it is the Star Wars podcast. Right. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go with the... Uh, George Lucas's Star Wars Ranch in in San Francisco. He doesn't own Star Wars anymore. Crap. <laughs> it's Disney. So is that Disneyland then? Yes, Disneyland. <laughs> Brad's guess is Disneyland. <laughs> well, what? it's actually Hoth, Pakistan. Hoth, Hoth Pakistan. Yes. Yeah, so in keeping with so our that, theme. So that Hoth pr- isn't cold. Yes, it's, it's very interesting cold. that the planet is named after a desert area. Desert-like area, yeah. In Pakistan. It's, it's here, uh, 
in oh. in planet Earth. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> way, to, way to keep us on our toes. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome again to the We Are Money podcast, episode six, The Code Awakens. David, moving on to our best codes ever. And we'll dance all night. It's the best code ever. Some folks pay a lot. Others, they pay never. And if you don't comply, you'll go to jail. However, why would you not buy? It's the best code ever. They'd be like, oh, oh, no. All right. So this week, again, we're doing the best code ever. I have three sets of three taxes. One of them is fake. So two of these are actual real. One of them is fake. So the okay. first ones we got here, the Wisconsin internet tax. Wisconsin is one of the few states that levies a tax on internet access. When dial-up was a popular method of getting online, there was actually a double taxation occurring because phone calls and the internet were taxed at the same time. There's the Minnesota fur tax, where the purchase of a Fake fur coat is not taxable, but purchasing a real fur coat, on the other hand, is taxable. And then there's also the North Dakota bison tax, which North Dakota imposes an additional 5% tax on sellers of bison meat due to the bison's dwindling numbers. Which one is fake? I think somebody's got inside scoop on number two. Don't you know? I think I'm going to go with the third one. The bison? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to go with bison tax as well. I don't know that their numbers are dwindling. You guys are exactly correct. Yes! (laughs) One for one. Here we go. (laughs) All right. The second set here, we have the North Carolina tar tax. Not just for the tar heels. This tax is imposed on tar and other road construction repair materials that may seep into water supply and out to the coast, damaging the shoreline. There is the Tennessee litigation tax, where Tennessee charges a tax on all lawsuits and litigation, ranging from a dollar for parking violations to enough that a, a, a county can actually make it cover their judge's salary in that county. There's also then the Maine blueberry tax. It's not clear why the state of Maine has singled out the blueberry, but be warned that if you want blueberries from there, you'll be paying an extra penny and a half per pound tax. So which hmm. one is it? North Carolina tar? I'm going with the North Carolina tar tax. And Maine blueberry. Oh, man. This is hard. Uh, I'm going to go with the litigation. Brad, you are two for two. Oh, North Carolina tar it. tax is the fake one. Very good, very good. That sounded so real, well, authentic. Because the Tar <laughs> Heels are not called the Tar Heels because of the tar. It's because when they fought in the Civil War, they were such a brute force that it's like they had tar in their heels and could not be moved. Ooh. That is that is true. For all you Civil War buffs, you can check that out. The more you know. Yes. <laughs> and then the last one here, some kind of worldly and possibly some some older ancient ones. Um, there's the urine tax. Uh, the Roman Emperor Nero levied a tax on the collection of urine in the first century. Um, at least after collecting urine from public latrines, the Romans put it to good use for launderers to, as a source of ammonia for whitening togas. Toga. And then there's the Egyptian eyeliner tax. It is believed that the Egyptians, ancient Egyptians charged um, peasants a tax on the use of eyeliner and other cosmetics such that the, only the royalty and pharaohs could afford it. Um, I would assume that the Jewish would probably think it was, you know, too expensive. Well, they'd be kind of poor. Yeah. Um, And then there's the British foreign athlete tax. So according to the British tax code, foreign athletes competing in the UK have all their endorsements income taxed, even originating from other countries. And the income is taxed proportionally to the time spent in the UK. Different from the way that the US would treat it as just, just doing it to US endorsements. So all over the place there. These are what do you think? The eyeliner tax. I'm going to go with the urine tax. 
You guys tied today. Deezer, you got that one right. It is the Egyptian eyeliner tax. The other ones were true. Hey, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. So very good job today. Very good job. Undefeated champion. Well, sounds good. Well, so we're going to go ahead and try to close out our our show here today with a our final segment. We're going to talk about our uh, favorite Star Wars quote or scene. Now, this is can be from any of the movies. It can be from any of the episodes or whatever. So let's just have a general discussion. David, what are your thoughts? Well... I think um, you have to, I mean, you have to love Han Solo with the response in the, and I guess it's episode five, when um, Princess Leia says, I love you. And he says, I know. I know. <laughs> yes. I mean, right. I mean, now is that the nicest thing to say? Probably not. It's kind of probably good that he was going to be frozen for a while so she could cool down, but mm-hmm. um, right. it's got to be one of the best ones. What about you, Deeper? Um, Actually... I think my favorite, one of my favorite scenes or the most interesting scene uh, was from this movie that just came out, this, The Force Awakens. At the very end, uh, <clears throat> Ray is uh, reaching out, handing uh, Luke his lightsaber. And I think there's a lot of speculation right now on Ray's origin story. And it almost seems like, is this a clue or are they trying to mislead you? And so that I thought that was really interesting because the movie's trying to lead you one way, but maybe some facts are leading you another way. It's a, the the debate of the day right now. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Is who's her daddy? Who's your daddy? That's always the debate, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still think that the the my favorite one is is still the the Yoda the Yoda quote of "Do or do not, there is no try." I like that. So either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Don't try to do it. You know, when you start looking at some of these other fantastic quotes, it talks about, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn in the, in the first episode said, your focus determines your reality. You know, so I thought that was a really good one. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I wasn't really paying attention. I'm sorry. I was, it says you have to pay attention to run a good podcast. I'm sorry. What? Uh, what? Um, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi also said, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Which I also thought was a good one, too, because yeah. you know, luck is always when preparation meets opportunity is what I was always taught. Or back from well. the Darth Bane, the rule of two, where uh, there is one to wield the power, and the, I believe the master wields the power, and the, the apprentice is there to crave it. And once the apprentice reaches the master's level of power, the master becomes um, disposable, and it's then the apprentice's job to slay them. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I also find the one that, that to me, fits most during our tax season time that we're starting out tax season and we're all this stuff, you know, there's all this work that we're going to have to get done between now and April 15th. And people always wonder if it's not going to be done. And I find the one quote from Darth Vader in episode four to be the best. that says, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Very good. Very good. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So yeah, those are my favorite uh, episodes. And like I said, once again, we really thank everybody for showing up today and listening to the podcast. We will keep doing these every two weeks we've had a lot of fun really working on it and guys thank you so much for listening once again follow us on twitter follow us on facebook bees and mitchell talk to you guys soon it's not over yet it is for me sister Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. 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 I'm going to say money.